This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Elkshape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man, your host, Welcome to season five. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by discipline, delayed gratification, and being accountable to yourself. This podcast is about finding the high road, working hard every day, creating the best possible version of yourself. Our values are faith, family, fitness, finances, elk hunting, and career. Our guiding principles are authenticity, transparency, and out hustling the competition. Our podcast is brought to you by Buck Knives, Onyx Hunt, Vortex Optics, Wilderness Athlete, Black Rifle Coffee Company, Crispy USA, Matthews Archery, Kufaru International, and BlackOvis.com. All right. Elk Shape Podcast with me, Dan the Fitness Man. We are sitting down and we're going to talk about elk hunting. Today is August 29th. Tomorrow will be elk hunting. And I can promise you right now, today is not August 29th as we're recording this because August 29th, we are going to be glassing from afar, studying elk and trying to pick up on some patterns. We will be already at our quote unquote elk camp and we will be spread out. And I keep saying we, so maybe I should introduce the co-host of today's podcast is none other than Jake the Web. How you doing, buddy? Good. How's it going? Great. Nice to see you. Um, we're going to do a podcast once a week for the next four weeks. Each week, we're going to break down where we're at, what we're doing, why we're doing it. And maybe just maybe you're listening to this as you are headed to elk camp, or maybe you're changing locations. And for some odd reason, you have enough cell service to download this podcast. That's what it's for. And if you're not an elk hunter, you're just going to have to suffer through. So this podcast is dropping on August 29th. Where are you going to be August 29th without giving away where you're going to be? Have you so left the house? Be, oh, for sure. Um, 
by this time trucks are packed everything's ready to go bows dialed like you should not be reviewing gear we will be at our base camp and hopefully have been glassing bowls put bowls to bed we know this spot very well we've been there two years now in a row yeah two years so we kind of know the elks patterns and we know what they're going to be doing we already have our camp picked out where we're going to be camping and we'll be waiting for opening day all right let's talk about departure list guys because some of you haven't left for elk camp and so i just want to briefly go over a few ideas that come to mind before you head out the door number one make damn sure that you have done your due diligence leading up to the hunt with your family with your work responsibilities with your honeydew list i have a world record pace of getting honeydew lists weeks out leading up to elk season i mean any anything that she could potentially bring up will be done before i go out that door and if i look back over the last five years since we moved into this old piece of crap house i have done majority of the work the last four weeks prior to season because i just literally prioritize it so get your honeydews done get the flowers scheduled to be delivered Make sure that you have tipped the babysitter, the nanny. Maybe you've done the grocery shopping or got it scheduled. Maybe you've got your email notifications turned off and not you're on vacation mode. You've let your boss know. You've let whoever's handling your workload, you've made it so that your absence is not a burden. And I think that's really what I'm trying to say, Jake, is before you go to hunt your best, make sure that you have created no burdens for the people that make up your relationships in your life let's get into gear what's going to be in your truck let's hit the majors i mean everybody's going to be a little bit different but the way that we hunt we're going to try to have two rigs set up as base camps so we can have two different trucks in two different locations with everything we need to survive so i'm going to have a stove i'm going to have water i'm going to have food hopefully we're going to have some canvas cutters in both rigs or some kind of a sleep system in both rigs that way we have two base camps ready to go a lot of the things that i keep in in my truck so obviously first aid kits i have a lot of tools for either my bow or for the truck because murphy's law things are going to break um, it might be the dirt bike needs to be fixed. It might be the bow that needs to be fixed. It might be your truck that needs to be fixed. So I carry a lot of tools in my truck. But kind of the essentials, you know, obviously ice chests, food, water. We'll have a target to shoot our bows, um, different things like that. But nothing really crazy as far as gear goes out of the ordinary. Name the tools that are going to be in the back of your truck. Like obviously not all of them, but some big ones go. For my truck, I have two toolboxes full of um, sockets and wrenches and things that are for my truck. Basically, that's if there's a break, something that needs to be fixed. I have a jack. I have uh, sockets, different things like that, so I can change a spare tire if I need to. Um, I actually have two little um, plastic army cans that are full of stuff just for tuning bows. So I have a set of torques. I have a set of allens, the short stubby allens to get into certain spots. I have D-loop material. I have a lighter, I have um, serving material, basically anything to fix a bow is going to be in there. Yeah, time out. You said jack. Yeah, so that's huge. I like bringing an actual floor jack. Yep. Using a little bottle jack that comes with your truck sucks. Uh, don't do that. Also, 
some of y'all listen, whether you not want to admit it or not, I don't really give a shit. You've never lowered the tire, your spare tire from the bottom of your truck. You've never done it. And you're not going to rise to the occasion in the dark when it's cold, where there's no lights, and you got a crappy flashlight. And all you were thinking about is how can I get this fixed so I can get back to my hunt. It's just not a fun deal. So just go out to your driveway after this podcast and lower your spare tire one time. Just get the vibe on how that works. Checking your spare tire too. I check it. I mean, we're just talking about Murphy's Law here. So far as backup bow, it's not really a backup bow unless it's dialed. So if you just expect to dial it at camp, that sucks. It's going to take time. So I will usually take the time to broadhead tune my backup bow or at least make sure it's on or very close and that I have the right arrows and the right everything for a backup release in your pack. Ice chest, I think that is plural because an elk is big. I've never seen an elk really fit much into one cooler. Maybe a Yeti 210. I think it's a 210. Uh, but other than that, you're talking at least two ice chests to get your meat in. And then uh, what is – oh, an archery target. I like the three, 365 ones because you can pull the middle part out and it lays flat in your truck. doesn't take up a lot of room. And then you mentioned canvas cutter. I'm going to be running the Dominator because I sold my rooftop tent. But you did it first. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Numa Outdoors out of Texas. Numa has been awesome to Elk Shape. They've been very supportive. I love the rain gear. I think it's probably the quietest on the market. Huge fan of the Palisade Puffy Pursuit Pant Pathfinder Pant. They have merino wool base layers as well as synthetics. Check out Numa Outdoors. Discount code ElkShape20. Vortex Optics out of Wisconsin. This is a veteran-owned company. This is one of my favorite partners. Been working with them since 2010. Get yourself some Vortex Optics. 10 by 42s, maybe a 65, 85 millimeter spotter. Angled, in my opinion. Check out the rangefinder line. They got a Razor 4000, a Viper 3000. They have all the options. They work. They stand behind their product. VIP warranty. If you break it, they'll fix it. And they're just a great company. Discount code ELK10 at eurooptic.com. When you buy anything from Vortex, take 10% off. Also, Vortex Wear, Elk Shape will get you 20% off their awesome hunting clothing lineup. Discount code Elk Shape will take 20% off Vortex Wear. That is the clothing I wear when I'm scouting, going on date night, or working out. So check that out. Vortex Optics, great partner. One of the most amazing companies and super proud to work with them. Check them out today. Onyx Hunt Elite Membership, 99 bucks, but... When you enter the discount code ElkShape, it'll take 20% off and you get the best, most reliable, been in the game, the longest hunting app map, period. You're also going to get access to Hunting Fool, Top Rut, Hunt Reminder. And now the Elk Collective Onyx is a partner of mine. They also are the headline sponsor of ElkShape Camp Season 2023, Year 5, brought to you by Onyx. And we're even doing a mini camp for elite members only in Spokane, my hometown. Me and MFJJ are going to put that on. Become a member Come to that camp or come to any camp. Trust me, download your maps ahead of time, e-scout from a desktop, and use Onyx. It's going to elevate your game. Buck Knives, out of Post Falls, my neighbor. I drive there to have the factory resharpen my knives prior to every elk season. I use a skinny knife. That 113 is money. I also like a deboning knife. I'm not a scalpel guy. I think those are for poking holes in bear hides, quite honestly. So check out Buck Knives. They've been a business for 100-plus years. And if you want your knife sharpened, you can send them to the factory and they'll sharpen them and send them back to you. Buck Knives, all their products are made here in the U.S. and they make things possible here at Elk Shape. Matthews Archery, Sparta, Wisconsin, continuing to lead from the front with innovation and giving guys like me who aren't the best at archery, allowing us to be pretty darn confident in the field with their equipment. Right now I'm running the V3X29 as my main hunting rig and my backup is the V3X33. Super excited to put that thing to work this fall and I hope you get a chance to check one out soon. Go to a local dealer near you. MagView, 
This is where you can get rid of your lousy digiscoping case. I'm not going to say other brands, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Those big bulky cases, put them away. Magview, it's all magnets. Keep the phone you have in the case that you already have or put the magnet on the back of your phone and rock and roll. And you can digiscope. It's seamless. It also provides a lens cover for your spotter and you can even attach it to your binoculars and get some really crispy aero flight footage or that big buck or bull that you want to get footage of. You can now do it in the field. So check out MacView and you can enter the discount code ElkShape. It'll save you a little bit of loot. You sold your rooftop tent. I kind of got mad at you. I'm like, why would you do that, you idiot? And then you kind of told me one. I was like, you know what? Come to think about it, my rooftop tent got opened up like twice last year and that's it. And every time I opened it up, I felt like I needed to put it back away because I needed my truck. Yeah. So I've sold the rooftop tent. Hopefully I'll get better gas mileage, but mine was meant. I just really didn't want to get rid of it, but I, I know I just, I needed more room to put a dirt bike back there and I didn't want to bring a trailer this year. I don't want to bring a utility trailer this year. I get too many places to go and I sleep in the back of my truck 99% of the time. So I'm going to take that canvas cutter, roll it out, sleep in it, roll it up. On to the next one. Yeah, and and that's no knock on like rooftop tents. Some of you guys, I'm sure, have them, and they are great for what they are. But long story short, both of our tents have a waterproof membrane that goes over the top with a huge zipper that goes all the way around it. And what we're doing is we're walking around on the top of our trucks trying to put the zipper on. And at the end of the day, the last thing you want to do is fall off the top of your truck trying to put your tent away. It's raining and it's snowing and you're trying to walk around the top of your truck and just it takes a lot of time. But that risk factor of falling off the top of your truck would really suck. At the time when me and Dan got our tents, that was kind of like the go to. Now there's like the V shape that like you have two the wedge, the wedge. There you go. And it just pops open with two little buckles and it comes down. And they're a lot sleeker, better gas mileage, and they open and close a lot easier. The problem is they're like 3500 bucks, So they're a little expensive. It's not a problem for you. Are you married? <laughs> you don't have kids. You're not married. Yeah. But um, rooftop tents are good. Just get something that is going to be beneficial for you and safe. And for our style, the canvas cutter and a canopy is going to be perfect we can roll it up throw it in the back of the truck and move because we move often yeah and if you don't want to drop the loot on the canvas cutter because i didn't for the longest time until i finally gave in and i'm really glad i did but if you don't then get a cot and just a one that just folds out throw your sleeping bag on it if it rains then just throw your sleeping pad under the truck crawl under your truck like under the bottom of your truck for all i care i mean we're talking about sleep and it's not a priority for me in september at all never has been maybe it will be someday but not right now okay so we kind of talked about logistics and gear I, a couple more just to just to so people know like i roll with quite a few trail cameras in my deck system keep a lot of tools in there a lot of tools i mean a lot of dirt bike parts you know master links obviously all the socket sets clutch levers clutch levers which we had used <laughs> last year uh extra chain you know all that kind of stuff to just repair. I'm trying to get my e-bike with to go on this trip this year. So I'll probably have a dirt bike in the back of my truck. like, And then I'll have the hitch in the back with the e-bike. I'd like to have that dual threat for nighttime bugling. Just be very, very mobile. Did you see that thing that my wife bought? for our elk season? That kitchen table thing? Yeah. Yeah. From Cabela's? Yeah, that's She legit. got so legitimately mad when I was like, did you buy... Thank you for buying that for me and Jake this year. She just said, bullshit. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, like no matter what you do, 
I'll leave on my hunting trip while you're sleeping, and that's going with us. <laughs> so we got a sweet little fold-out, like, little kitchen area. It's going to be money. We're going to probably trash it. And she said it was, like, maybe 200 bucks. so I might have to buy another one just because I'm sure we'll make this one pretty dirty and maybe – use it but that's kind of what you need to leave i depart i usually have 10 gallons of gas plus an extra gallon and a half on, on my lightning rack the upgrades for us is the light force adding those lights to the truck so that we can illuminate base camp has been huge and then the racks that you welded for the dirt bikes is huge i mean we've been working with all the maintenance on the bikes we've been working towards elk season not just shooting bows and working out everything going into this we're excited so hopefully you're checking, making sure you have everything to mitigate Murphy's Law. Did we forget anything? I'm sure we did. I don't think so. I mean, talking about gear, um, we kind of went over a lot of stuff for the truck. You need to have a lot of stuff for your bow. But as far as, like, your style of hunting, are you backpacking in or are you hunting from your truck? So, like, if you're backpacking in, you need to have, obviously, light gear. But you're talking, like, battery packs and solar panels. You need to have a light sleeping bag. You need to have good socks, you know, good dehydrated food. So, Whatever kind of hunt you guys are going on, that's going to determine what you're taking with you. And we have options, by the way. So, like, when I – at my camp is my spike camp bag that's completely loaded with everything I would need in the backcountry. All, like, five days' worth of food, sleeping pads, sleeping bag, like my ultralight stuff, my ultralight tent, all my water gear as far as filters and gravity-fed and Sawyer filter, SteriPen. Actually, SteriPen's always in my normal hunting pack. But what you get the point. Like, I have a spike camp bag. I don't have to, like – try to put together that it's just grab and go doing that has really been huge for me and saving a lot of time keeping extra trail cameras at the truck i always point a trail camera at my truck wherever it's parked so if you guys see my truck this year i know it's not super inconspicuous although i am slowly pulling off some of the decals you go walk over by my truck you're going to get on video because i got a truck camera in a lockbox on video mode at all times so do that just so you can at least catch the criminals on video as they steal your stuff because they want it they're going to get it but and then i obviously I, I usually have a trail camera in my backpack when i'm hunting a specific area there's a lot of times i'll just put a camera on, on i found a sick wallow i'll put a camera on it and then sometimes jake that camera's there and I never go back to it until, and I'm like, well, I'll just get a year's worth of inventory and come back next year. And that's okay with me. But I pack a lot of trail cameras. I, I like them. We're legal. Food wise, I like to have as much fresh, real food as possible. Apples and like actual real food. But at the end of the day, I mean, the way we hunt, we're living that mountain house peak refuel type life. Yeah. So like some of the go-tos, the salad kits, those are perfect. Last year we would crush a mountain house and then have a bowl of salad. So like just having some fruit and some vegetables, you know, is super nice. So at the truck, you guys should have a lot of options as far as food and whatever you guys think is enough food, you should like at least not double that, but at least half that get more food because you're going to eat a ton of food. Yeah. And make sure you have a variety of food. If you haven't tested or vetted your food before you leave, like seriously, try some of the stuff. I know a couple of years I've been like, kind of a cheapskate and bought like all like bulk the same foods and it literally it didn't take me but maybe three or four days to figure out my daily allotment of food there was like five or six things i would not eat and they just slowly added up i'll give you an example of one costco pro like kirkland branded protein bars oh yeah i actually like those 
but I hate them when I'm hunting because they require all my water to, <laughs> to, to get down the hatch. So I don't buy those anymore. And there was a year where I had like, that was one of my main food staples. And I literally would have to choose not to eat it every day. So I'm missing calories. And then I, I just, it started to stockpile. So yeah, I think Jake's right. Like more than you think and get a variety so that you're continually eating. Cause it's tough to remember to eat, especially the way I hunt. It's go, 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 go. Oh yeah, I'm starving. I should probably eat real quick. And I don't like if Jake and I are together, I don't really budget a lot of time for eating. So it's kind of like eat and go. Well, this athlete discount code elk shape 2022 takes 30% off your first purchase. Get a bundle of hydrate, recover energy and focus the greens. You got to have those greens. You're not eating enough vegetables unless you're eating 10 salads a day backfill with a good multivitamin, some fish oil, check out their entire lineup of meal replacements, protein powders, all in the name of better elk hunting. This is not a marketing company. This is an actual supplement company, quality brand. I've been with them since 2006. Great company. I stand behind them. I want you to as well. Spy Point's got that new flex trail camera, man. Dual SIM. You can get transmissions regardless of the cell phone provider in your area. If it's AT&T or Verizon Tower, doesn't matter. It's going to send it to you. And the transmission plans are just that. It's all included. You don't have to have a cell phone or a monthly fee. You just download the Spy Point app and start getting your images. They also have a bunch of affordable trail cameras that are not cellular. So where legal, utilize the app, pair it with their trail cameras, and you are good to go. I love trail cameras. They give me all the little information I'm looking for on animal behavior, animal densities, inventory on big bucks, big bulls, how many predators are in the area, and hopefully some sort of pattern that I can take advantage of as a bow hunter. Check out Spy Point today. Kifar International, I'm a hoodlum through and through kind of guy for elk season, but I do have the hellbender. Love that for throwing trail cameras in or packing out elk. I keep the hellbender at the truck for when I, hopefully I get a big bull down. I can go pack it out with that. I can pack and will pack an elk out with the hoodlum. They also have an awesome lineup. The checkpoint bag is my laptop bag where I put all my camera gear when I travel. And they also have stuff for you whitetail guys like the Shape Charge. Check out Kifar International. They're a huge partner of Elk Shapes and they've supported us for several years and I still think they make the best frame in the entire universe. Crispy boots, crispy hunting, crispy USA. Everything starts from the ground up. So pair your crispies with some sheep feet. I have a discount code Elkshape takes 10% off sheep feet. Crispy boots, buy them at Black Ovis or anything else. Discount code Elkshape takes 10% off. I am rocking the Laponia 2 and the new Colorados. And those are my one-two punch for elk hunting. Baku e-bikes, made for hunters by hunters. Discount code Elkshape takes $300 off your first bike. Take that money and buy yourself a backup battery or a trailer so you can haul that precious elk meat out. Baku e-bikes out of Utah. Black Rifle Coffee Company. Coffee is life. I'm drinking coffee right now as I record this. Elk Shape is the discount code 15% off the coffee club of the month. So you pick which coffee arrives to your doorstep and you decide how much coffee arrives to your doorstep. And you can also use that discount code if you want to pick up some BRCC swag, a coffee mug, or bags of coffee for presents, whatever. It's a one-time use. Discount code Elk Shape, 15% off. Smokewood. Fatty meat sticks. We are adding these to our arsenal of elk hunting. This is the most delicious meat stick in the entire world. My buddy Ryan, he founded Under Armour with the boys back in the day. He started this company. He wanted to make something that was sourced locally. So grass-fed beef, raised without antibiotics, no sugar, gluten-free, no nitrates added, no MSG added, like super clean, pure protein. I usually pack three or four sticks in my hunting pack. It's 20 grams per. It tastes awesome. It's Sweetwood Smokehouse Fatty. Check out the 3.0s. That's what we're rocking. Link in the show notes will get you a discount 10% off your online purchase. Yep. I mean, when the alarm goes off in the morning, our bags are already packed, ready to go for the day. We get up and have coffee. Time out. You just say that one more time. That is actually a, a, a law. That Like a law. You can't break this law. What did you say? So our our bags are packed and ready to go for the day. And what that means, when me and Dan get back to the truck or to our base camp, we literally open up our bags, take out whatever trash from food that we've eaten for the day, restock the food, restock your water, 
resupply your batteries, put your bag all back together, and then it sits in your chair or it sits ready to go the next morning because we get up sometimes at 4, 4.30 in the morning, and we have coffee, we have oatmeal, go pee or handle your business, and then we're gone. Like Handle your business is a top priority for me. I would like to poop near the truck, not on the mountain. And then, honestly, it's like I need to get food down the hatch. I need caffeine on board. I need to take this deuce, and I need to go find the elk. Yep. Everything else, like I'm not wasting time trying to put together a pack for the day. I learned that a long time ago, and some of y'all probably do that, but some of you don't, and you need to stop and start getting your pack ready the night before, no matter how tired you are or how late you show up. If you're hunting the next day, your backpack's dialed and ready to go, including all your water, and like Jake said, charging your batteries, including your mobile device, things like that. Everything's good to go in the morning. We don't have a lot of time. Like Mornings are not for dilly-dally. Morning Every morning in September is like Christmas. You literally are waking up to a day where you might kill an elk. It's so exciting. All right, let's talk a little bit about tactics because of the early season. And guys, we're going to do a podcast a week for the next four weeks, kind of breaking down the tactics employed for that time of September. So right now, we're talking about end of August, early September. We're talking about states like Wyoming, September 1st, Montana, September 3rd, Idaho, August 30th in most places, Oregon, I think August 25th, That those kind of states, you know, good elk hunting states. Nevada, usually end of August. Arizona, beginning of September. New Mexico, depending on which tag you have, beginning of September. So early season, um, some people call it pre-rut. And I, I hate putting terminology like that because here's the truth. Elk hunted for 21, going on 22 years. There are years where it is opening day and you will get into elk that are peak rutting like bulls are fighting cows are getting bred it's full on what phase of the rut are they in you can't go off some basic category so we're going to be kind of general and we're going to kind of do most likely what you're going to face so most guys don't hunt opening day they've saved up week two weeks of vacation they're going to put that towards the middle to back half of the month especially with the moon phase this year. What day is the full moon? Honestly, I don't really know because I don't pay attention to the moon phase a lot because I'm not the person to go and follow the moon phase and believe in, oh, that's going to be the best day and blah, blah, blah. Like, you might be hunting and it might be overcast with clouds and then it's not going to matter anyways. Full moon, September 10th. So this is not quite in this week. So I'm going to say the hunting leading up to the full moon is definitely better than, say, the hunting that happens at the full moon or right after. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my neck out and say that. Mm-hmm. So I think the hunting's going to be good, but I still think your average elk hunter who has two weeks vacation or even 10 days is not going to start hunting until probably the 12th, 13th, 14th, somewhere in there. With that being said, there's still the chance with Labor Day that the weekend warriors are going to be all out. Everyone's got at least a three-day weekend, and they can maybe burn an extra day of vacation. So woods could potentially be crowded. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go to your lowest hanging elk? I think elk are going to be in their summer pattern still. I think the elk have not been messed with yet. But they're about to experience full throttle elk pressure. 
And I think you need to be prepared for that and what they do in that eventuality. Yeah, for sure. I think concerning where you're hunting, it would be smart if you could get there the day or two before opener and park yourself at a master vantage and study in the mornings and the evenings from afar and note what kind of movement you're seeing, when you're seeing it, what they're doing. Are they slowly feeding? Are they transitioning fast? Did you hear any bugles? Are the bulls still bachelored up? What kind of size of cow groups are you seeing? Do you see singles, doubles, big groups of cows, nurseries? I mean, how many calves? What size are the calves? You know, I've seen small calves, Jake, in September where I'm like, okay, that cow was not bred until October because that baby was born late June. I've seen calves that are huge, and I'm like, that thing must have dropped early May. That cow got bred early September. You know, I think about stuff like that. I'm trying to understand the animals yep. for where they're at given the scenario. But bottom line is I wouldn't rule out calling. I wouldn't rule out glassing, but I would lean more towards glassing, like maybe even doing a trail camera loop, hunt your way to each trail camera, check them out, see what's going on, pull them. I always have a card reader in my pack, always, so that I can I don't have to wait to get back to the truck. But ultimately, the earliest I've ever killed a bull, and I'm hoping that changes this year, by the way, I've never killed a bull in August, is September 2nd. And so how I did that was cold calling. I hate cold calling. I don't like talking about cold calling. It's boring. It's lame. To me, it's kind of a solo deal because it's so boring. You, someone's going to get impatient if you're with a group. But anyways, cold calling simply, the elk are not talking on their own, and they're certainly not answering your vocalizations. But, but they will come to the call, and they will come in quietly, and it will take them time. And so you have to find areas where the elk sign is undeniable. Like you can tell the elk were just here or they're within four or 500 yards. Then you have to set up like you're trying to call elk in. You have to make your sounds. You have to anticipate where the elk are going to come in and slightly circle to get a visual hang up, to get a sniff, hang up, and position yourself to get a shot. And that's what I did a couple years ago. I was in Wyoming. I found some elk sign i guess i should say and i was in really like i was in kind of an open park a very micro meadow surrounded by bedroom bedding areas with good topography and north facing and i was like man i bet you an elk's bedded somewhere below this and i let out a location bugle first and foremost nothing i followed up with a few soft mews nothing and I just kind of poked around, checking the wind. And I was like, you know, an elk would probably come up either here or there. I got set up in some shade. And then I spent the next 45 minutes doing an occasional bugle. Kind of squeaky. No, ch no chuckles, no grunts. A few cow calls. A couple excited estrus calls here and there. And slowly kind of built up some momentum into a crescendo. And I pretty soon had like an actual full-on bull calling to his cow bugle and mews and calf sounds and waited. And a nice six-point came out, and I videoed it on my phone. He came out. I knew I was going to pass him opening day. I didn't want to shoot that bull. He came out, stopped behind a tree. I didn't make any sounds. I was in the shade. And then he came out and displayed, walked all the way around, 
under 20 yards. It was awesome. The very next day, I went back to the same exact spot, to the exact same tree, and did the exact same calling scenario. And it took a bull almost the exact same amount of time. And he came out without making a sound, just like the other bull, and showed himself at 35 yards. Except for this bull was nice. And I shot him. So cold calling does work. It does require a lot of patience, but I do think you need to have that in your back pocket for that first week. I also don't think it's a bad idea to study elk and see where they're getting water or rely on your trail camera intel to figure out where to set up an ambush. I like the idea of, and I think this is what I want you to talk about, is ground blinds. I like the idea of packing in a ground blind, getting the flaps, digging the dirt out, cracking one window, being really scent conscious, getting in there at the right time, especially evenings, and setting water, trying to get an elk, specifically a bull, kill that water. I love that. Treat it like a deer stand. Come from the downwind, get it right, slip in. Maybe a couple soft cow calls. Maybe you're doing your cold call at the wallow or water setup. And then the other thing, which you and I are doing, and we are going to make a YouTube video about this, we're doing it, man. We're getting saddles. Talk to us. Not like horse saddles, tree saddles. Elk Shape Camps 2023. Whether you are a brand new elk hunter, a seasoned veteran, or somebody in between who's maybe intermediate, you've had some success, but quite not the consistent success, consider coming to an Elk Shape Camp in 2023. Five locations, four three-day camps, one two-day camp. I'll break it down. Phoenix, Arizona, January 20th through the 22nd. We'll actually be at Wilderness Athlete HQ. My entire squad will be there. Stonewall, Texas, March 3rd through the 5th. That's outside of Austin. That's going to be a phenomenal camp. We did it last year. That's one of the best facilities we've ever had. It's the basically the NUMA owner lets us invade their ranch. It's a great experience for everyone. Speaking of ranches, Julian Ranch, just outside of San Diego, California, March 31st through April 2nd. Then back to Vortex Edge in Barnville, Wisconsin, April 14th through the 16th. And last but not least, we're going to do an exclusive elite member only from Onyx two-day mini camp in Green Acres, Washington. MFJJ, myself, and the boys, June 17th through the 18th. Pre-sale starts August 1st. Lock in your rate, get set up for camp, and set yourself up for future success. I hope you plan on elk hunting for the rest of your life. I know I certainly do. Early bird starts 9-1, September 1st. Regular registration starts November 1st. And for you slowpokes, late registration starts January 1st, 2023. All our camps involve you getting exposed at what you're weak at and getting a blueprint for how to mitigate that and make it a strength. Whether it's your calling, it's your fitness, it's your nutrition, it's your shot execution, it's your shot process, it's your equipment, it's your tuning, it's your e-scouting, it's your tactics. Whatever it might be, we're going to figure out a blueprint for you. Whatever's getting in the way of you finding success, we're going to help you crush, smash that learning curve and produce consistent success year in and year out. I hope to meet you and your friends at Oak Shape Camp. That's right. So what's the plan? So a little bit what Dan is talking about, if you guys haven't been able to go out and scout and get cameras out, what he was talking about is you just drove and kind of did his plan. But if you guys were able to get cameras out and actually do some scouting, then when you show up to hunt, you're going to pull your cards. You're going to be able to get some intel and then kind of make a judgment call from there. But our plan this early in the season, referring to saddles and blinds, is because we have hunted this spot before, we know the elk's travel patterns. We know where they go and where they bed and what they travel. The problem is they have like five options. Well, there's only two of us. So... We're going to have some blinds that we actually made some brush blinds last year at some spots, but we're probably going to pack in blinds because 
that is going to be much better than a brush blind. The tree saddles that we're going to use, we're going to be able to pack them very easy because they're not heavy. And where we have to go is not a very easy hike. It is brutal to get up there. It's, it's steep. But our plan is we're going to pack in tree saddles. We're going to pack in some ground blinds. We're going to set them up and have four options, you know, A, B, C, D. And we're going to get in the morning to spots where we can glass, see the elk, we can see the direction that they're traveling, and then we're going to haul ass up the hill and try to get in front of them. Yes, we're going to try to get in front of them. It is possible. We have done it before. It's not easy, and by the time you get to the top, you're sweating your ass off. But when when you get up there and you get into your spot, you're waiting maybe 30 minutes tops. So it's not like you're sitting in your blind or you're sitting in the saddle all day waiting for whitetail. You're going to be in this thing for maybe an hour, hour and a half tops. It's going to give us a lot of options. It's going to give us some really, really cool pinch points. It's going to allow us to be in a tree where the elk aren't going to be looking at you they're not going to notice you're there we know what the wind is doing already in those spots and just it just gives us options so that that plan is because we've scouted there and we know what the wind's doing we know that the elk are traveling there we have cameras out on those spots currently so we can go and get intel and it's just all the steps ahead of time that we've done to hopefully get a bull at the end of August or the first week in September. Like nothing is planned and we're, you know, cashing that check already, but we got a lot of advantages here. Well, the biggest thing for the saddle and I, guys, trust me, I've the last thing I want to do is not kill an elk. You thought I was going to say something different. That's the last thing I want. So I will do whatever it takes. So packing in a ground blind. I don't like the idea of brush blinds as the scent could leak. I like the idea of, you know, being a scent focused individual and some of these pinch points that these elk do, like Jake said, they could go five ways. Well, they can, but we figured out where no matter which way they go, they always seem to pinch through this saddle, the last saddle, and they always seem to have the wind in their face. And so no matter, there's no way to come at them at the side contour because they'll see you given the terrain. So the reason why we're both going elevated is we figured two major pinch points, but both don't have the topography to come at their contours. So we're going to get elevated. We're going to hope that 20 feet off the ground in the saddle, uh, we could do a tree stand, but these are such remote locations. I'm not packing in a tree, a tree stand. I don't care how light it is. I want to do this saddle setup from tethered. And so we're both going to be rocking these phantom saddles. I'm going to do a platform for you. Yeah, I think it makes sense to do a platform. It's probably going to be a little bit more comfortable. But we're also setting up the platforms ahead of time. We're hiking in, getting the camera set, and we're just going to basically hunt these elk early season in a way where we are very delicate and we're not getting winded and we're not pressuring them because they're not really full rutting. And generally speaking, at this point in time, some of the younger satellite bulls think they're running the show. The big boys haven't quite showed up yet, but they're about to. And from my experience, I've never really had a lot of reps with the big bulls showing up and taking over the herds during daylight hours. It seems like the big boys kind of know where the cows and the, the satellite, the supposed herd bull, 
he's not really a herd bull. He thinks he is, but he know he doesn't know this yet. But a big boy's about to show up and flex on him. That happens a lot of time at night when the cows are finally reached where the, the grocery store where they're going to be eating for the night, and that's when they're all kind of concentrated, and a big boy can show up, throw out a couple of bugles, flex. What do you know? The next morning he's leaving with the ladies and the satellite bulls left to his own devices. So if you can catch that during the daylight, that doesn't happen a lot in my opinion, but it does happen. And one day you'll wake up early season and there'll be a big boy running the show. And that's where things get exciting. That's where satellites start talking more. That's where sexual frustration takes place. That's where testosterone levels start to elevate. That's where fight breeding rights, those things that we are going to take advantage of really start to come into play. So tread lightly in the beginning, glass from afar, Try some unconventional ground blind tree stand, saddle, pinch points, cold calling. I hope this podcast is serving you well. I hope it's giving you some new ideas. Jake, anything to add to the first week of September? Yeah, so just to give you guys a little insight on this first location that we're talking about, the elk at night are coming down and they're feeding into these meadow areas. We can hear them bugle at night from where our base camp is. We know that the elk are going to be there when they're talking. In the morning, when we get up at first light, we can glass and see them. So we're verifying that there is elk where we think the elk are supposed to be. So right out of the gate, we know if it's game on or not. So if the elk are where they are supposed to be, that's when we're going to go up into our blinds, into our tree saddles, and basically try to cut them off. That is plan A. Well, the rest of the day, we know by 10 o'clock if we're going to get a bull down or not. The rest of the day, we know where these elk are going. We know where they're bedding. And in the evening, they have to do the opposite. They're going to be coming down. So we have plans A. We have plan B. We have plan C. We know if we need to go after them. We know if we need to cut them off in the evening. So we have lots of plans for this specific spot. So don't just put all your eggs in one basket and say, oh, this is my morning plan and not have a plan B for the rest of the day. So have multiple plans. Exactly. Guys, best of luck this year. September, super finite. You only have so many in your lifetime. Don't squander a moment. I'm going to say that after every podcast because you need to hear it, especially on those tough days where other hunters have messed you up, you screwed up the wind, you bumped the elk, you can't find elk, you can't buy a bugle. Elk hunting's not always sexy time 24-7. There's a lot of downtime. Stay on your grind. It all can change in 10 seconds. Separations in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.